0: Bonjour, I'm Valérie Jardin, the host of Street Focus, and you're listening to This Week in Photo.
1: Bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the Cashfly content delivery network. Send your web content blazingly fast with Cashfly. And now, pay as you go. Start with 2 terabytes free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y and use the promo code TWIP. This episode of TWIP is brought to you by Pocket Shooters, the newest addition to the TWIP network. It's a show focused on mobile phone photography. Get notified early by signing up at twip.pro slash pocket shooters. That's twip.pro slash pocket shooters. This episode of TWIP is brought to you by Photomatics, the easiest way to create stunning HDR photos before we get started i'd like to invite you the twip army to apply to become a host on the twip network we are expanding and making lots of changes and as a result i'm looking for a few good humans to help take twip to the next level if you're interested and you think you've got the chops to join our show host team of ninja podcasters fill out the quick form at twip.pro hosts that's twip.pro hosts and now on with the show This is TWiP, episode 482, iPhone 7 arrives. It's a holiday month of sorts in the tech industry. This is the month when Apple releases their newest flagship product, the iPhone. The emphasis in this release was on the iPhone 7's camera capabilities and Apple has put their substantial weight behind upping the ante when it comes to mobile photography. Also, Google has added new features to its already popular Google Photos app for iOS, in some ways fixing one of the iPhone camera's features, Live Photos. And lastly, we have a thought-provoking discussion about censorship and social responsibility as it applies to Facebook. Can we really consider the social network just a social network anymore? It's Monday, September 12th, 2016, and this is TWIP. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today we've got Andy Biggs from Andy Biggs Photo Safaris, and also Shiv Verma from Shiv Verma Photography. Two gentlemen, like I say on many shows, especially when Shiv's on... Two gentlemen that make me sick <laughs> 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 because they're always going cool places and I'm not. Andy Biggs, you haven't been on in forever because you've been like chasing wildebeests around the African tundra, right? What's, what's been going on, man?
2: I just got back from Kenya a week ago um, where I was guiding a great trip out there and uh, the migration season, which is it's the time to be in Kenya. And uh, so I'm home for a couple weeks. I leave next Friday for Scotland and then when i get back from scotland i'll be home for maybe 3 weeks and i'm back down to africa to botswana how are you going to
1: survive in scotland because it's it's relatively civilized and, and industrialized and you're you're used to sleeping in tents you know next to like giant you know anthills and stuff like that <laughs> how are you going to survive haggis and whiskey are a
2: great equalizers
1: <laughs> huh, <huh, huh>. haggis <laughs> isn't that like made out of stomach right what is what is haggis
2: Oh, it's good. It's a great time of year in the autumn to be in uh to be in in Scotland. I'm heading out to the Outer Hebrides, so the Isle uh Isles of Lewis and Harris. Yeah. Way out there. It's great. It's beautiful. Yeah.
1: You, I got to tell you, you, Trey Radcliffe, you know, the, those traveling Ilka photographers are my North Star. I got to tell you, <laughs> you guys, <laughs> you guys, I am, I am <laughs> whoever your, your person is. I am that guy that's walking towards the North Star. But the problem with the North Star is you never catch it. It is always, <laughs> it is always moving with you. <laughs> so I'm going to keep chasing you, man. Cool. Well, welcome back to Twit, man. It's good to have you on. All right, Mr. Shiv Verma, you were just on the show
0: a little while. We cannot get
1: enough of Shiv Verma. You have so much to give to the show. Thanks for coming on again. Well,
0: you're most welcome. It's been awesome.
1: Yeah, what's going yeah. on with you? What's 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 happening? So you and Andy are brothers in arms, but you just met on this show. Yes, you probably like yes. walk past each other in various countries and not even yeah. know. <laughs> India, Africa,
0: Botswana, Kenya, yeah. Tanzania. The works. You've been yeah. to all those no. places. Right? Yeah, well, well, Friday I leave for Iceland, so I'm I'm really excited. This is you know. The fall over there is kind of interesting. There are no big trees with lots of color, but there's still you know very interesting color on the ground, so i'm looking forward to that yeah,
1: God, yeah. you gotta, you got to love it that yeah. is just that is just there's got to be a negative here I mean because that is that's the lifestyle from the people that are listening to this in traffic on their way to their corporate job in Silicon Valley or New York or wherever in the country you are listening to you guys has got to be like oh. One day, I'm not going to be going to that staff meeting and listening to my boss ask me for what happened, you know, justify my existence. One day, I'm going to be Andy Biggs taking photos of lions with their lion cups. What do you you guys (laughs) say to those people that are like, you know, they want to get to where you are? How did you do it, Andy?
2: How did you get from corporate to where you are? We can change the discussion, though, and say, you know what? I can say, God, I have to eat another airline dinner. I have to sit next to another guy who steals my short, my my space. You know, I'm mean, come on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's the best that's the best you can do. <laughs> like if I have to see another beautiful sunrise, I'm going to kill myself. You know, it's just too much, you know. How many sunrises can one man stand? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, Shiv. What do you say, man? How do you, like the people that want to be you? They want to be going to Iceland Friday. How? But they're not. They're going to their their staff meeting, their end of quarter staff meeting, and, and hoping they're not going to get laid off before the holidays. What do you, What do you say yeah, to those yeah, people?
0: End of quarter staff meeting. I mean, yeah, can you imagine staff meetings every week? Leave no. alone end of quarter. Yeah, mm-hmm. you get tired of it, and so you then decide, and you say, you know what? I'm going to commit to myself. I'm done. Yeah. And then you just walk out, burn the ship. You just you just have to. I mean, it's it's you know when you go off on your own, it's it's liberating. It's really truly liberating. Yeah. You're your own boss. You listen to yourself, and if you make a mistake, you make a mistake for yourself. You're not taking a ship down with you. Yeah, so that's exactly know, it's, right. It's you know it's just yeah. The best
1: advice someone it. gave me once was was and I, I I'm guilty of not having followed this advice. One hundred percent. A little bit, but not one hundred percent. And that was burn the ships. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, the, like the, in, the, in the Trojan War, right, when, when the, the Trojans finally made it and they, you know, they needed to build the Trojan horse, they used the wood from their ships yep. <laughs> to build the Trojan horse. So there was no way to go home. It was like forward or nothing. So, burn the ships or use the ships to build what you're going forward. It's like total commitment or nothing. So, you guys did that. Andy, did you do that? Did you, when you jumped into this, was it like, you know, I'm just going to do this a little bit and see if it sticks and then I'm going to, you know?
2: No, no, no. I, I walked into my boss's office. Um, that was uh, spring of 2002, I guess. Yeah, and uh, walked in, and I was the take this job and shove it guy. Okay, you were that guy, huh? <laughs> I was that guy. Actually, I was really nice, and I said, "Hey, listen, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this company in about six weeks. I'm letting you know so that you can plan my work. I can start giving work to other people, and I can still be valuable for you as long as you want me. And then, uh, and then it was about three days later they came to my office and said, "Well, actually, we, we're going to end it right now." <laughs> I'm like this is perfect.
1: It's it's not you man, it's you.
2: <laughs> it was great. So so we put all of our stuff in storage in Austin. We we left Silicon Valley, went to Austin, and we put everything in storage. We didn't have any dogs, kids, house payment, anything, car payment. We put everything in storage and went to Africa for a month and a half and we backpacked around East Africa. Awesome. Yeah, I mean I literally slept in little tiny yeah. dome tents, Took a shower about every 3 or 4 days. It was great. This
1: is this is a story that needs to be told. You and I are going to talk again, sir. <laughs> <You> know, <Yes. laughs> we we need to get to the bottom of this story, but yeah. unfortunately Twip is not the forum to do that. I'm going to we're going to dive in cuz I want to yeah. figure out I want to unravel how Andy Biggs built this empire because you're you're I know you probably hate it when people say empire, but you're the empire you built gore gear bags, right? With these awesome camera bags. And we just found out that Guru Gear just acquired Timba, right? Or Tamrak. Yeah, Tamrak, sorry, Tamrak. You just acquired, you acquired, you acquired Tamrak. <laughs> like, how does that
2: happen? That's crazy. Well, they were going through bankruptcy. And uh, we saw their bankruptcy filing and we went after them and raised the, the, the capital and the debt to do it. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's great. So you're driving by, you saw a nice camera bag company at a garage sale. You're like, yeah, I could fit that.
2: <laughs> it's like the uh, the minnow eating the whale, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is good. This is good, guys.
1: All right, well, welcome yeah, to well, both of yeah. you to the show. Yeah. It's, uh, it's good to have both of you guys on. Um, a couple of updates before we dive into the show itself. So we are about to launch a brand new show on the TWIP network called Pocket Shooters. It is a show that's focused on mobile phone photography. So one of the things that we're, we're going to be talking about next is the is Apple and their new iPhone 7. So we're going to talk about that. That's one that is will be a giant topic obviously on pocket shooters as well as Android you know, and anything other, any other topic that's mobile phone photography related, whether it's hardware, software, add-ons to your phones, interviews with people that are making money, shooting weddings with phones, all that stuff is going to be covered on Pocket Shooters, and that's coming soon. So head over to twip.pro/slash pocket Pocket Shooters. It's twip.pro/slash Pocket Shooters. And that'll take you to a page where you can get on the early notification list. So check that out. And also, one thing to uh, update you guys on. So one of our more popular shows, Street Focus, featuring Valerie Jardin, very good friend of mine. Valerie has decided to move on and start another show that is not just focused on street photography like Street Focus. So we're 100% behind her. But she's decided to leave Street Focus behind and start a brand new show that is focused on all things that interest her in the photography genre. So we support her, we're going to be behind her 100% and Street Focus is not going away. We're going to put another host on that show and it's going to be probably change it completely, but it'll still have the name Street Focus. It'll be like a new owner to a new house, you know, they're going to bring their own furniture in and make it awesome. <laughs> so that's that's <laughs> happening with Street Focus. So definitely check Valerie out. Uh, Head over to our website at Valerie Jardin Photography and you can find out more about her new show. I think she's, she's planning to call it Hit the Streets with Valerie Jardin. So definitely check that out. And also one one last thing on that, I want to thank Valerie for all of her support and all of her contributions over the the last two years that she's been involved with TWIP. She did a fantastic job bringing that show from zero to where it is now. She's she's awesome. She did one hundred and four, I believe it is one hundred and four episodes of that show. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. She she crushed it, and she had no idea what podcasting was before she joined Twip. Now she's a podcasting expert and uh, and evolving to the next level. So I'm happy to see her do that.
0: You're lucky you didn't better on the number of shows.
1: I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I did not, because I would have said 100, and she would have, you know. But, yeah, it's all good. We're excited. I love That's what I love about podcasting, because these kind of things happen, but everybody is still... Everyone's still family, you know, as this stuff goes on and people evolve into different things. It's not, there's no drama like Hollywood, like someone still got fired off of the network. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, I want to go do this thing. And I'm like, okay, we'll go, you go do that thing. We'll put somebody else on this and we'll keep moving things forward. And then the the circle of influence gets bigger because now, you know, I can kind Mm -hmm. of tangentially influence Valerie on that show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, there, there is a devious side there, right? A little yes, devious. Yes. Not but. that
1: I'm, you know, trying to move chess pieces or anything, but I'm, you know, it's more like it's more like checkers. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, let's jump into the show. Uh, this first story, obviously, as I alluded to earlier, is about Apple and the iPhone Seven and, to a lesser degree, Apple Watch Series Two. But this this is about iPhone Seven, iPhone Seven, in particular, the camera or cameras that are present on iPhone 7. This is interesting for, for me for a number from a number of different directions. The first direction is, you know, I own iPhone 6S Plus right now. I'm happy with this phone. It's great. There's nothing wrong with this phone. So normally, I'm that guy that's like hitting reload on the Apple Store page, and I want to order it as soon as it comes out because I don't want to get left out. This time, I, I did not do that. Um, I am... I am enticed and seduced by that camera and the idea of doing computational photography-based bokeh and, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and having a wide and a telephoto lens on in my phone. But at the same time, I can, I can make some magic with this one, you know. And I, I feel like, much like the other cameras I have, I haven't even scratched the surface of what this one can do. And now I'm talking about moving to another one. So there, there's that angle, and then there's the, the technology that's in it. Andy, you're new to the show, relatively speaking. You saw this. Are you a, are you an iPhone shooter? Do you shoot iPhone or Android?
2: Heck yeah, man. I'm a 6-plus I'm a guy. I skipped the S, so I'm the guy who's actually buying this round, except I'm switching from AT&T to T-Mobile because I'm tired of getting raped with my charges internationally. Hello. Yeah. But the answer is, I'm totally blown away because first of all, I bought the Plus originally because it was optically stabilized. The, yeah. the, the regular six didn't have mm-hmm. it. Well, now the seven, regular seven has it. The seven Plus has two cameras. Hello, mm-hmm. one of them is equivalent to 28 mil, and the other one's equivalent to 60 mil. And they moved to an f uh, 1.8 lens yeah, from an f 2.2. So it's all good for me. So the answer is, yeah, I shoot a lot. And I was looking in my Lightroom catalog the other day how many shots I shoot with my iPhone year after year. I think starting with 2008 or 2009 is when I got my first one. I was a Blackberry guy for a long time, Um, since 97. Hello. Um, But every year, my photos that I shoot with my iPhone double in quantity. Mm. So Mm. I'm shooting quite a bit. The quality is so great.
1: Now, are you shooting stuff, Andy? Are you are you shooting stuff with your iPhone that's pro-level work? You know, or are, are not pro-level, but, you know, in, in other words, is the iPhone, your iPhone 6, is the iPhone 6S that you have, six, is six? oh, this is a big one. So the 6X Plus with the image stabilization, does that act as another camera in your bag? Or is it still just, you know, hey, you know, I'll take some pictures of my food and I'll share it with my family or whatever, you know?
2: I shoot semi-real photos, so to speak. You know, like, I don't really care what my images look like on Instagram as long as they're they're conveying the story that I want it to, to be. Yeah. And maybe yep. it's a selfie out on Safari or maybe it's just some random thing. But, yeah, I, I use my phone for a lot of Instagram shots. Yeah. Um, nothing really serious. It's not like I'm putting it on a tripod or anything.
1: But that's that's the thing. I think we're getting away from that, Shiv. And I want I want to definitely want to get you, you to chime in on this. So when people say that, they usually say, like when I ask them a question around, you know, are you ser- are you doing serious photography with your iPhone? They'll mention Instagram or Pinterest or something like that, and then they'll they'll preface it or bracket it with, but it's not really serious stuff. But I would argue that those are mainstream services now. <laughs> you know, those it is serious if you're putting it on Instagram these days. It's no longer throwaway photography that you're putting on Instagram. More, you know, I know photographers. I was talking to uh, Renee Robin earlier, who's a really serious compositor and professional photographer, who was telling me that one of her latest clients came to her through Instagram. You know, this is like a giant client came to her based on her Instagram presence. So it's not like you can you can look at instagram as like a, a rounding error anymore <laughs> right i don't know so yeah. what do you, what do you think man are you so iphone is it time to take iPhones seriously or are are they still maybe the 7 is there but it's still kind of you know it's not quite there when you when you put it against your mirrorless camera
0: it's 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 it has its place i mean mm-hmm. clearly it has its place it's not i mean i wouldn't take my iphone 7 if when i get it Uh, You know, as my primary camera, it would never be my primary camera. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I just don't think it has that capability and neither does it have the kind of reach that one needs for wildlife photography. Let's be honest. But, you know, it it does a lot of really nice things and it's a great camera on your person. It's always there. And it's it's great for records. It's you know, it's a wonderful little piece of kit that you can carry around and be sure that you will capture the image when you need to. But, you know, Instagram, yes, it's great because it's catering to that kind of an image and that kind of a marketplace. So so I I kind of really feel that it is important what they're doing. It's nice that they have now created uh, a true camera, which is at least representative of the kind of images that people want to shoot. And it gives them the flexibility for, you know, with this dual lens thing. But again, you need the larger camera to do it with. The smaller one won't. Yeah. Uh You know, I always sort of stayed away from the six plus because I just felt it to be a little too big. Yeah. But now at this juncture, I'm saying, yeah, so it's too big. It's too big, but it's got you know feature functionality that is enticing. So you know, let's switch from you know the smaller format to the larger format and, so and that, gain everything.
1: That thinking right there, I'm sure, was a little tear. On Apple's flowchart on a whiteboard, somewhere. I'm sure it was. I'm <laughs> sure like, it was. Yeah. We will wear Shiv down, and, and ultimately, especially with the seven with these dual lenses, <laughs> there'll be no way Shiv will be able to resist buying this camera.
0: No, it, you, you're absolutely right. And it, you know, when I was listening to the uh, the keynote, and then I heard all the you know nonsense that goes after of it. Like people have to complain, right? Nobody yeah, will be. Yeah, always... yeah. right. But they I'm were complaining saying, before the yeah, thing yeah, launched. Yeah. You know, they were so, complaining. Yeah, so for me, it's it's it's. I think it's an ideal tool for its purpose, and yeah. and yes, I will get it. Well, we're. I think we, I used to say
1: I don't know, geez, like five ten years ago that mobile phone photography was dangerous because it was at a level back then where the phones the the cameras sucked. But they would trick you into thinking that you had a camera with you. So you'd be out there with your phone taking photos thinking, oh, I got my kid's first shots. <laughs> you know, my first, my kid's first steps or, you know, a UFO landed and I got shots of it. And you'd have essentially crap. But you'd trick yourself into thinking that you got a good photo. Now, today, it's that's no longer the case. Now, today, it's you can get images that, especially what Apple has just posted with, you know, those NFL shots, that... In some cases, rival what you could get with a normal camera,
0: right? right. So yeah, with the low light performance. I mean, you think about it; it's 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 very very good. Mm-hmm. So you know, they they have they've done some really marvelous things with that little little device.
2: They have, yeah. and by the way, now did I hear that the the seven now supports RAW support?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, they actually mm-hmm. announced that. Who else was saying that? Julio Shorio was bringing that up. They announced that RAW support in iOS 10 back at WWDC. So, you know, we all knew that the if the operating system, if, if iOS 10 supports RAW, then the hardware that's coming is definitely going to be, you know, it's going to yeah. generate RAW files. So, so yeah. the question
2: is, will the older hardware, like the 6 series, will that support it as well? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. that's really, that's really cool. And, of course, the new version of Lightroom that's coming out for iOS 10. Oh Yeah. Everything gets better. Mm-hmm. Like, this, so this this is, the, this is the question. So where are we today?
1: We're, it always seems like we're state of the art, right? Like 2017, or 2016, 2017 is right on the corner. We're in 2016 in September. We have a brand new iPhone 7. Clearly things can't get any better than they are now. This is state of the art. And then you fast forward. I mean, we were saying the same thing when, when the when the Palm Trail was out. You remember when the trail mm-hmm. <laughs> came out? We're like, this is state of the art stuff. But but now we have these these iPhone sevens which are ridiculous in terms of what they can do and what we could do just a couple of years ago. Is the is the trajectory the trajectory that we're heading for in say twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen or let's say 2020, if we make it there, 2020 is, what does it look like? You know, Shiv or Andy, you got, either one of you jump in, what does it look like? Are point-and-shoots gone completely off the face of the earth? Are DSLRs now gone and even mirrorless cameras shaking in their boots because everyone just wants, you know, they can do everything they need to do with what's in their back pocket? What do you, what do you think?
2: Mm-hmm. Point and shoots are the biggest losers. I mean, I, ha- I have this great Sony RX100, I think I've got the, the version three of it, it's a yeah. great camera, but I don't use it that much because I gotta carry it. It's stupid. Yeah. And it's little. That's a little camera.
1: That that RX100 is little. You can throw it in your back pocket, and still you're saying I gotta carry it, right? That's like literally champagne problems.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> With the six plus, when I bought this two years ago, it eliminated two devices from my bag. I don't use an iPad anymore, and I don't use a point and shoot anymore. Wow. Yeah. Um and so it you know, says the guy who shoots phase 1 medium format, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I still I'm still carrying around my burden. But but the point is is that I think uh, you look back, you were talking about the Handspring Trio. Dude, that was a yeah. 0.3 megapixel the first model. 0. 0.3, which is 320 by 240 or 640 by 480.
1: Yeah, somewhere down there. Yeah.
2: It's pretty horrible. You know, what's funny is that I was looking when I moved into this new house I have the original Apple Quick Take.
1: Oh, the binoculars.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the grayscale in a box. Yeah.
1: yeah, with the with the multicolored Apple logo on it. You know, yeah, but that, that, that quick take was was basically a video frame grab video camera, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> it was saving a frame yeah. of video. That's what it was doing. Yeah, and now we have what what is it, 12 megapixels on the on the the front camera and the rear facing camera or the the selfie camera on this one is what five or seven megapixels? Seven,
0: six. I think. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, It's got yeah. It's it, this is a real camera, and I I'm looking at it. I'm like, people could actually, she have not notwithstanding things that require telephoto focal lengths mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, but you can do or extreme low light, but you can do real work with this. If a, if a kid. And I use the, the term kid lightly, you know, someone that's coming up and they don't really want to buy their first camera, camera, mm-hmm. but they have an iPhone 7 Plus or even just an iPhone 7, they can go yeah. out and create real work. They can create cinema. They can create stills. They can do special effects. They can do uh, things that we only dreamt
0: about yeah. 10 years ago. You right? know, I, I mean, I, I don't have the camera yet, but I'm itching to get my hands on it. I'll give you an idea... I mean, you shoot Panasonic Lumix cameras, right? I do. And, yeah. and one of my most favorite cameras has always been the LX100. Mm-hmm. Now you know that's kind of like the RX, the Sony RX100 Mark III family, that size, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a 16 megapixel camera, but every image is only 12 megapixels because mm-hmm. they work with all the uh, aspect ratios. So to get the aspect ratio, whether it be square or four three or sixteen nine. Your image is twelve megapixels. Now, on the Lumix website, I actually took an eight-megapixel crop and sized that image up with some software to seven and a half feet by five feet.
2: Seriously? Mm-hmm. Wow!
0: Right. So and, wait, and wait, it, wait! Seven and a half feet by five feet. Right, and it's, That's it's basically all, it's, that
1: whole, <laughs> <laughs> whole yeah,
0: wall there. Yeah, and 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 you know, that, just just to further you know sort of prove the point. I, I cropped one eye out five inches by seven inches, and you can see detail, you know, eyelashes, veins, the whole works. Mm-hmm. So if if that camera can do it, this is no different. It's 12 megapixels that you can, if you know what you're doing, get some incredible, you know, images out of it. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, I think it's great. But there's, there's another thing that, you know, Apple's very smart. I mean, this move of this dual camera... Look what it's done to the third-party lens market. All those attachable lenses. All gone. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know what? Or you could look at it from the glasses half full standpoint and say, Hey, they have a brand new market because all the people that bought the older phones, the 6s, 6s plus, etc., they're not going away right away. But now they have another market to tool up for. You know. Yeah, but, but you really
0: bodies. think about it, uh, you know, Frederick. As long as there's this, you know, lack of production capacity, yeah, where where everything true. is back ordered, yeah. yeah, and it, you know, eventually all those the six will be obsolete.
1: Yeah, but this is a story that has been yeah. told over and over again. Yeah. I mean, starting with the iPhone one and the accessories that came out for that, and then the two, then three, mm-hmm. then you know these these guys are no
0: strangers to this dance of oh crap
1: apple true, just adjusted <laughs> now yeah. we, but we when you when, you
0: when you look at all of them all the way through the 6 mm-hmm. they were all a single lens and they all did not have any you know real zoom capability or real telephoto capability i mean now you've got huge reach so yeah you know, it, it does make a big difference i think it would be
2: yeah. interesting to see if apple could pull off the same type of Technology that Light is putting in their upcoming camera, the L16, mm-hmm.
1: uh, with the multiple lenses.
2: Yeah, and so now we've got two lenses. If they just took one photograph and you zoomed in post capture later on, you zoom in <laughs> and then you you decide what your crop is later. But it's got the resolution yeah, to do yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. There's there's so much. They're moving. Uh, Adobe's really aggressive. They don't talk about it a whole lot, but they're really. They, they've they really doubled down in a lot of ways on that whole computational photography aspect of photography where you go beyond the limitations of the optics and the hardware and you start leveraging the supercomputers that are in these cameras mm-hmm. to do things that you never thought possible and the light camera and apple even with this you know we can add in bokeh programmatically that kind of stuff is computational photography and i think in a lot of ways represents the future of all this stuff you know right now it's all about how fast is your lens and you know how many frames per second yeah. and all this stuff where do you start applying machine technology and code to the images that you create and it happens instantaneously instead of mm-hmm. you know the lag that you get with some like a mirrorless camera you say oh I want it to be black and white it's black and white but you get a little bit of lag and that kind of thing wait yeah. until all that goes away it's it's gonna be a whole new world it's crazy all right, yeah guys. it is
0: it is but it's good
1: it is. Yeah, it's a good crazy. It's yeah. a good crazy. I think, and, and that's, I think it's where, in a lot of ways, where things need to go. You know, it's, you start hitting the wall in terms of physics and what you can do with light and glass and lenses and speed and sensors and the distances between, you know, the the pixels on a sensor and all that. You can only do so much. Mm-hmm. But, then you open it up to code, and then the sky's the limit. Literally, <laughs> you can yeah, you can yeah. start doing whatever you dream. Situations
2: that I don't think are going to do great for this type of device, anyway. Like you know, taking photographs of your kids' sporting events, especially mm-hmm. ones that are indoors. This, these are never going to be as appropriate as an SLR type or a, you know, a, a specific lens put onto a specific camera body, kind of a product. Uh, but that's fine. You know, this is I just I just see the usability of these phones getting bigger and bigger and bigger every release.
1: Yeah, it's a ease of use. And it becomes it's it's like our droid, right? It's like if this was a Star Wars universe, this would be or your phone is your R2-D2, right? <laughs> it comes along with you. It, it does stuff for you. And you can't leave the house without it. It's like, oh, I don't have my phone. It's like. I've left a piece of myself at home. I gotta go back and
2: this is not the droid you're looking for. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Hey, wait wait till they start incorporating VR stuff into these phones where, you know we'll be saying we'll be saying we'll be old men. And we'll be saying, in my day, I remember when everyone was just walking around looking at their phones, and now you kids today have these helmets on.
0: <laughs>
1: uh-huh. <laughs> that's what's that's what's going to happen. Yes. Mark my words. I won't be here, but mark my words. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to take right. a quick break. When we come back, um, we're going to talk about if you're an iPhone user and like to shoot live photos, you'll be glad to hear that Google Photos for iOS is now supporting image stabilization of live photos. Coming soon to the TWIP Network, a brand new show called Pocket Shooters. We believe this is an extremely important show and the time has come for mobile phone photography to be taken seriously. The capabilities in some of these late model iPhone and Android devices is nothing short of amazing and the image quality is getting close to what previously was only achievable using professional cameras. This show will explore the vast universe of tools, software, and techniques that you can employ to begin creating pro-level mobile phone shots today. So, head over to twip.pro slash pocket shooters and get in on our early announcement list and be one of the first people to check out this brand new show on the Twip network. Once again, that's twip.pro slash pocket shooters. All right, gents, we are back. So, Google Photos for iOS now supports, now lets you stabilize live photos. So, that was one of the the issues with live photos. Apple rolled this out, what was it, the last release or the recent Mm -hmm. release before last, where... You could turn on this feature in um, Apple Photos and when you t- in your camera, and when you take photos, it will record a second and a half before and a second and a half after, I believe a second and a half after, the actual photo, which gives you a little bit of movement or a s- kind of cinemagraph-type action of all the photos you take. problem with it is, you know, is you're typically moving around and things are shaky. You don't stabilize these things to take a live photo, Google has stepped up to the plate and said, hey, we're going to enhance Google Photos for iOS to add image stabilization. And now those those motion stills can now actually be a little bit more usable. Shiv Verma, the, the live photos feature
0: inside
1: of your phone, how much use do you get out of
0: it? Do you use it? Well, I haven't been using it, but I, I really think now at this juncture, you will use it because yep. you're going to get a stabilized image. I yeah. mean, this is all going back to, I mean, this is a good segue from the last topic. I mean, this yeah. is computational photography. It is. You know, it, it's all being done post-capture and it's all being you know stabilized post-capture. And what's the worst thing in any kind of a video or any kind of motion imagery? It's the shake, it, yeah. The shake, you know. And now, I mean, if you look at what Google's doing as far as they're advertising the product, uh, they they show a before and after, and it's incredible. I mean, they're just yeah. just being able to pull that kind of stability out of you know a grossly shaky image. Will change the way people start viewing this type of photography.
1: And maybe so, they'll start using it. I wonder yeah, what Apple yeah. stats are in terms of people using it, because I haven't used it much. I used it when, the, when they first rolled out the feature. I was like, oh, well, that's I cool. I hated it. And then I never <laughs> used it again. <laughs> I never used it again after that. But one of the features they added into Live Photos, or Google added in, was the one of the issues with live photos is they only play on people with other iPhones or mm-hmm. with 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 an IO with an an operating system that supports live photos which means other iPhones running an updated okay. I, uh operating system they've updated it or they've created the this Google Photos app for iOS to allow you to export those as .mov files which means they're universal yeah. and anybody can see them so Come on, Apple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, nope. it's, you know, I don't know. Andy, it, it, is this a feature that you have
2: used? You knew about it, obviously. I, I guess I'm, I'm an old fogey stogie. I, I, I don't use live photos at all. Um, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just an old-fashioned dude. And here's the irony, though. Here's the irony. Maybe it's because I'm using the photo app in Instagram, in Snapchat. I'm not even using the Apple camera.
1: That's what I was going to say. I was going yeah. to say, you're. oh, I'm an old fogey. Wait a minute. Let me snap this real quick.
2: <laughs> if I do go just straight camera, I use camera plus. Yeah, I love camera plus. I don't, yeah. I don't use – there was a time when there was a bug and I was – you would take a photograph and it actually never recorded. It got mm-hmm. solved. But, but I mean I use that because of the way you can do with uh, like here's the focus, here's the exposure compensation, it's a lot easier than the Apple's.
1: Yeah. I wish I wish Apple would allow you to specify which which app you would use. You know how you can you can quick launch the app, you know? Is it is it coming? Do you mean
2: like Chrome my default browser on the iOS? Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like when when I'm in when I turn my phone on, um i'm running the ios 10 beta but in the ios 10 beta when you wake up your phone you can slide over to the camera without unlocking the phone and take photos i want to be able to replace that with the photo app of my choice and not have to use apple's camera that would be
0: well you're going to use (laughs) apple's camera you're just going to use different software
1: yeah correct sorry yeah i don't want to use apple's camera app if right. I don't have to, I want to be able to specify a different camera app and have it, like, for example, Camera Plus, I want to be able to just slide over and have it instantly mm-hmm. launch Camera Plus and take my photos and get out of it instead of saying, okay, I got to find that app and go into photo mode and take a photo. Yeah. So, I don't know. You know, these are, these are first world problems, obviously. <laughs> so.
2: Choices. It's nice to have a choice. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. It is. I don't know. This is this is cool. So Google Photos, though. The other side of this story is Google Photos, right? So Google yeah. has been making lots of changes. Remember, what was it? Last year, this time uh, yeah. they had the, Google Plus was the queen of the uh, of the Google heap over there. You know, it was like Google Plus is going to be the next big thing. It's going to crush Facebook and all this. And now it's. The lights are on at the party, and the janitors, they're sweeping up. <laughs> you know? But Google Photos is still here. The two big standouts from the whole Google Plus world and that whole drama, in, from my perspective, was Google Photos, which is amazing. It's beautiful. And Google Hangouts, which they've mm-hmm. since grafted out and, and are, are moving it over into the YouTube Live universe. So Google
2: Photos, are you, both, are you guys both using Google Photos? No, I'm not. I use it in, in a different fashion than maybe most people who would be using it. I use it primarily as a backup.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's unlimited, yeah.
2: So I got lucky a couple of years ago. I signed up my my personal Andy Biggs email address. is hosted by Google for Apps for Business. Mm-hmm. And they had a special deal two years ago where if you had an organization of, up, of no more than two people for $10 a month, you got your domain hosted, your emails hosted, but unlimited drive space. Oh, <laughs> Oh, so I'm, I'm, I'm like not a nerd, not a mega nerd, but I'm like a mega, mega nerd because I have my Synology boxes back up. Uh, they, they're running a Google Drive client. So every time I hit my Google or my, my Synology box for my
1: mm-hmm.
2: eight hard drives, it synchronizes to the cloud in the background.
1: Wow! Yeah, you are a mega nerd. I think I think you need the name. We'll name you Optimus Nerd. (laughs) (laughs) I am Optimus Nerd. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So so lots of stuff coming out of Google. I mean, I'm I'm excited that they're, you know, they're doing this stuff. I'm on Google Apps for Business as well, but we have many more than just two, just two people on the service, but. It's uh yeah, it's awesome. it's been running, It's been running my personal email and and subsequently Twips corporate mm-hmm. email for, geez, the last three, four years or so. so yeah, but and, you never got lucky. Right, you never, never got, got all like, that free space for ten bucks. No, <laughs> no, no. You know it's funny though. Just a a slight tangent. So Twip itself, we we run most of Twip off of. We run all of Twip off of online cloud based services, whether it be Trello for project management, Slack for intra team communication, uh, FreshBooks for accounting, um, Google, you know, for for the notes yeah. you guys are looking at right now. Mm-hmm. We've Dropbox for file transfer of the recorded files and all that, but I'm slowly but surely moving things over to Google Drive. You know, because I remember when Google Drive first started, it was it was a little rough because it was like, okay, I copied a file over there and it would never finish copying, or it wouldn't make it, or it wouldn't. But that was just the client.
2: That was just the client on your taskbar.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all the same to me. You know, it's like if the file doesn't make it, I don't care whose fault it was, it just mm-hmm. didn't make it, right? So but Dropbox would work flawlessly every single time. Dropbox worked so well it was like indistinguishable from the operating system. Yeah. And now Google Drive is is I don't know if they're one hundred percent there, but it's pretty dang close, which because we're using so many other Google products, it makes a lot of sense to use Google Drive mm. instead of Dropbox. So we're we're kinda looking at that right now. Yeah, yeah. It's but it's all very scary though because it's like we are inside the ecosystem. We're in the belly of the beast. Like if Google decides no more Hangouts, we're running Hangouts. No more Docs. They could kill us on Docs if we have all of our files and resources on Drive. They could kill us there. <laughs> it's like
0: you know all you know, of f- our eggs yeah. in one basket. Yeah. Frederick, it, it's 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 interesting that look at what's been happening with the photo industry, right? I mean, yeah. one after the other, these guys shut their doors. Yes. And then people get left hanging with, you know, what's going to happen to my images? I mean, hundreds and thousands I of know. images. And I then know. somebody comes along and says, well, we'll save your soul, you know, we'll, we'll just yeah. move everything over. Yeah. But, you know, can you have that happen to a business?
1: It happens all the time. I mean, look at right. Trey Ratcliffe. Trey, Trey built, when he, they built the Arcanum. You, remember, yeah. you know the Arcanum. Yeah. Yeah. So they yeah. built the Arcanum. And a lot of it was, I don't know if it was based on, on Google, Google Plus. Hangouts. Yeah, yeah Google, Google Plus and Google, Google Hangouts. and Google Hangouts. Yeah, but the, certainly they launched it that way, that, yeah. that was a lot of the infrastructure. I think they moved away from that. But that was I was always scratching my head on that. I was like yeah, I think I said I used the term digital sharecropping because mm-hmm. you're like you're you're on <laughs> you're on somebody else's mm-hmm. land, man. Yeah, you know? yeah. So they can make whatever decisions they want to make, and your business will suffer or thrive based on the yeah. decisions the landowner
0: makes, right? So, yeah, but they're still they're still on it uh, in part, but you know they've got their own apps, and and now it's, it's become even more confusing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's scary. It's good, but it's it, at some point,
1: at some point, to progress, like this weekend photo, as it as it, the entity, this weekend photo, as it stands today, would not be possible. Would it not, you know had not be for these services that mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier. This is, it would just not be possible at all. It's just in, the the services that are available, both free and paid, that I have to build this Twip entity, are why we can have Twip and mm-hmm. why I can I can build. A TWIP network. Without these services, it, it would be I don't know if it would be impossible, but it would be impractical <laughs> to, to build something
0: like what we're trying to build. So and, and probably too fragmented. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So and then, you know, in the end, so like you were saying, Shiv, it's dangerous and it's scary to to do this whole digital sharecropping thing and to use these services, some of them which are free and may go away and impact the business, but at the yeah. same time, you gotta weigh that against no business versus mm-hmm. selling my soul yeah, to yeah. build this thing you know so maybe i'll take the risk and let it all you know let it go and
0: then i'll figure it out later you know i mean the unfortunate thing is that you know we say competition is good mm-hmm. but if you really think about it what's the competition as far as google hangouts is concerned let's say that stops tomorrow where do you, where do you go right
1: yeah, as far yeah. as free services, not many. Yeah. I mean, for as you know, I think you know Shiv, we use we use zoom.us right. for for meetings and that thing and those mm-hmm. sorts of things, but it's not it's not like a Google yeah. Pro, Google yeah. Plus so, or Google Hangouts. is cool because it does this video switching mm-hmm. that you guys are looking at and you know, yeah. it it's got a lot of pluses to it and it's completely free, right? You go to another service, it's not going to be free, plus you're going to be mm-hmm. missing features. But you know but it's it's Google you know some some kid in the cubicle might say, "You know what i, I got pitch I got to pitch the CEO that we're going to have to kill this thing next quarter yeah. and then uh, <laughs> and you then know <laughs> thousands and thousands of businesses right. are
2: screwed and <laughs> yeah I am so glad they, they they split it out from Google Plus because Google plus started started to become kind of like a bloated pig mm-hmm. you know from from a user interface standpoint, it was often not that intuitive. Uh, now it's just a separate standalone piece. It's actually easy to use. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right.
1: Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's easy to use, but no one's there. I mean there's still some people there, but it's like you know, do like when I think of posting Google things. Google
2: plus I'm talking
1: about um, um hangouts. Oh, oh hangouts. Oh okay. I thought you were talking about Google Plus. Yeah. No, Hangouts is, is fine. And, and you know they I think it, I think it's as of this week. Don't it's either this week or next week, but they're they're shutting down the google plus integration part of hangouts and moving into
0: it's moving yeah yeah, it's moving
1: all the youtube live that's how i kicked off this hangout you go into youtube and you go to live and you say yeah i want to start a hangout and now you're in the hangout ui so no longer is i just go to
2: hangouts.google.com i think
1: that's going away
2: yeah that's what's going away that's that's going going, away and back to back to the funny part about google plus is that a, a number of years ago when they got started um, I built up about 1.3 million followers, <laughs> but now I've actually abandoned it. <laughs>
1: yeah. You probably and yeah. then you'll say and then when I had my MySpace account, I had three million people following. Yes. <laughs> and then before that, I had Friendster,
2: and I had 700,000 people following me on Friendster. So bad. And you were sharing, you know, MP3 files over Napster too, right?
1: Oh, we were dude. Oh, don't get me started. Napster, I was god, I was where was I working when Napster was at Yahoo. I was at Yahoo at the time. And I'll say it, we had a we had a server. We had, a, <laughs> we, we had we had a private internal server that had it was like iTunes today. Had everything, everything you possibly want on it. As long as you had a hard drive, you could copy it, you know, and it'd be good to go. Yeah.
2: But, now you can just spend 5 or 10 bucks a month and get everything you want.
1: And that's what I do. I'm a I'm a subscriber to Apple Music um, and, and Spotify. I need to kill the Spotify account, but yeah, I'm a I'm a subscriber. And yeah, it's like the whole world has changed. Because remember, the, just we're completely off tangent. <laughs> but you guys remember? You remember? Um, Back when Netflix was sending you discs, I think mm-hmm. they still do it, but we were all getting our three discs you know in the mail, and my flow was the three discs would come in the mail, and I would back them up you know to a server in my house i wouldn't you know share them with anyone, but I would back them up in my house you know and then send the discs back and then the new set would come over over a couple of years. I had a giant library of movies, but the problem with that is then I had to figure out. Okay, I need a Mac Mini to keep to in a s and a hard drive that's going to be on all the time sucking mm-hmm. power in case I feel like I want to watch Iron Man, you know. So I, I ended up never even using that. And then when Apple's made their shift to it's all in the cloud, I was like one of their first customers. I'm like, yeah, of course. I want everything. I'm going to buy my movies. I don't need to store them at my house. I can watch them from whatever Apple TV or phone or tablet I'm on and rock and roll. So it, it simplified my life by being more legal, <laughs> let's say. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's an interesting world that we're that we're that it's shifting into because all of that, all of that is predicated on one simple single point of failure. And that's your internet connection Mm -hmm. because all this stuff comes crashing to the ground. Like in my house, there's nest cams, there's my nest thermostat, there's my music, my movies, my, you know, like I just said, all of, all of the twip, the twip, the whole constellation of networks that we use are online. If I lose my internet connection, I'm, I'm, a, sh- I'm a dinghy in the water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's, it's untenable. So yeah. I think that's, that's a problem that needs to be solved. Some kind of redundancy for these, these internet access stuff is scary.
0: See, so. As long as media is physical, we've got a problem. So now the media is no longer physical. Yeah, We have a different problem. It's now the internet. I mean, dare it go down. Whack-a-mole. We're playing <laughs> yeah. whack-a-mole. Yeah.
2: You know, like when looking at all the different uh, music services, mm-hmm. I settled on Apple Music. It's mm-hmm. 10 bucks versus um, uh, Spotify and what else? Um, they're 5 bucks a month. But you can't uh, cash locally any of the material. And for me, I'm on airplanes all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in, in places without internet. I need music. So I've got yeah. on my phone probably 50, 60 gigs worth of offline music from Apple Music just for 10 bucks a month. So it's great. I love it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. For me, it's, I mean, they'll say, you know, you're an Apple fanboy and all this stuff. And I, it's just, for me, I don't care. I don't, I'm a consumer that has stuff to do. Like you, like I want to be able to listen to music. I want to be able to listen to my podcast. I want to watch a movie when I want to, and I want the path of least resistance to doing that. I don't want to like have a constellation like the podcast app. Like Apple's podcast app isn't the best podcast app out there. Like Downcast and Overcast, those are really good podcast apps. But my Apple podcast app is on all my phones and all my tablets and my Apple TV. So if I'm listening to an episode of whatever. In the living room, and then I go jump in the car. It's I can still continue listening. It's still yeah. there, and it's the yeah. same playlist. It's the right. same everything. Let's be honest.
2: How many people have you met that are like, "Oh, Google Play is the bomb"? No. Okay.
1: But then no. again, I don't. I you know, I I'm I don't have a whole lot of friends that have Android stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe one or two. But yeah. You know. Oh,
2: I can't go there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't yeah. know.
1: Yeah. I'm sure Android is, is completely fine. And I, I'll tell you, before, the, before the, the iPhone 7 launched, I was looking at that Samsung S7. That was before they started blowing up in people's pockets. But, you know, I was like... Don't go were, there. Don't go there. I'm not the first one. But, but I was looking at the phone, the design of that phone and the curved edges, and it's beautiful. They did a really good job, Samsung, yeah. on, that, on that phone. And I, I know the iPhone 8 is going to be something ridiculously cool, you know, so half of me wants to wait for that. But at the same time, you know, and I was telling my nephew, my nephew, soon right after the uh, the announcement of the 7, he sent me a text, he's like, okay, Uncle, when are you getting that one? And I responded, well, I'll probably get it eventually. And, and he responded, well, I'm going to get the, the Samsung S7. Mm-hmm. And I said... That sounds cool. I would consider getting it as a second. Do you, you
2: mean that word cool? Oh, yeah, I did use the
1: word cool. He's he's hip. You know, I'm not hip. But I... But, okay. What? What? To describe an Android phone?
2: No, to describe, like, the electrical problems that the Nexus 7 is having.
1: Oh, 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 you mean in terms of, you know, ball of flame. Yes. Yeah. No, but but I was like if i get one i would get one as a second camera or a second phone sorry to play around with but it wouldn't be my priority just for all the reasons i mentioned before you know it's i'm in i'm happily in the apple ecosystem because it's working for me and it allows me like if i was to shift gears and try to rethink everything from an android windows or whatever perspective for all the stuff that i have to do with twip it would be two, three months of downtime before I even got close to where I am productivity-wise. No,
0: and, and the other problem is that I don't think you'd ever have that seamless integration.
1: Right, right. It's, that
0: that piece is what makes Apple, you know, what we all go for. I mean, the reason why you want the iPhone, the iPad, the MacBook, it's all seamless, and and that's yeah. what's really nice. And you know, the the other thing we talked about Google a little bit about you know Google Drive and Google Cloud. That's mm-hmm. what it really is. But Apple's cloud is great. And it wasn't know, always great, though, man. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't. They've been but, up to
1: bat like five times trying to get the cloud
0: thing right. Right, but <laughs> b- but now they are playing the same game. I mean, that yeah. cloud works really seamlessly it and does. works well. So it does now. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, but it was scary. Like remember the the whole discussion I said about switching to Google Drive versus Dropbox? Mm -hmm. What didn't come in there? You know, Apple's Drive. The the whole Apple Drive piece of it is a competitor to Google Drive and to Dropbox, but I never even consider it because it, it never worked as seamlessly as Dropbox does. It was always like, oh, there's something. There. Is it there? Is it not copied? Oh, it's on this machine, but not on that machine. Why is it not on that machine?
2: The security model is a lot more intricate with Google, which is good, but it's also like, um, it's a bit of a, an annoyance too. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. You want to share something out? It's not that easy.
1: It's not. It is. Yeah. It, it takes. It takes some a lot of steps. It could be a lot easier. But and a lot of people that are listening to this are going to say. You're, you know, you're taking a big risk. You're putting all your data in Google. They've got your email. They've got you know, your data on Google Drive, and you're using Docs, and you're recording things with Hangouts, and you know, Google wants to monetize everything you're doing by selling ads against it, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, I'm aware of that. But it's 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 a necessary evil, you know. Like I said, the whole digital sharecropping thing. These are yeah. the rules that this landowner has put in place <laughs> for the land that I'm harvesting. So, in order for me to do my thing, which is this twip thing, I have to make certain allowances. If I want to do this stuff without making those allowances, I have to build these services for myself, which yeah. is completely untenable. It's never going to happen. Sure. So. Mm-hmm. You know, so either take it or leave it, and it's more profitable right now to take it. <laughs> so, and, and it's like, trying to do you it Sarah. yourself
0: is cost prohibitive. You would never be yeah. able to. Be. It's just no, forgetting.
1: yeah, because I don't. I don't want to be in that business. I want to yeah. be in the business of content creation, not in the business of engineering and right. systems right. analysts analysis and all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. 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 Thank you. No. Thank you. All right, guys, let's jump into story number three real quick, um, and this one is interesting. It's a, it's a shift from the other stories we were talking about. This one's about Mark Zuckerberg coming under fire for a decision by his company to censor a historic photo from the Vietnam War. So we'll put the link to the story in the notes, but the gist is, and you know, it, it's not so much about the story itself. What I want to tackle on TWIP here with you guys is the role and the expectation of Facebook. And is Facebook, because of how gigantic it is now, have they moved from the – they're just another social network where you can show photos of you at the club last night to a media property uh, with responsibilities like the New York Times and CNN and – Fox News and all these other entities that are out there, they are now at that level. And when they make decisions on what to show you or what not to show you or what to censor, what not to censor, whose account to kick off and whose account not to kick off of the service, these are now, I don't know, these are, are they, are they bordering on infringing on our rights, depending on what country you're in, you know, to be able to do that. Andy Biggs, what what do you think?
2: I'm just not a fan of any censorship at all. I just mm-hmm. I, I'm a very um, free press um, type person, mm-hmm. and when you, whenever you've got something like an anti-nudity policy, I understand that that policy exists. This is also like a photograph that is—it's um, so publicly known, and we've seen it for so many years, and it's so powerful, not because it's nude. Yeah. Um well actually because it's nude because her clothes are gone. I mean, but it's it upsets me. It upsets me because sometimes you'll see photos on Facebook and someone has to put a little tiny star over a nipple or something. It's mm-hmm. just it's yeah. it's completely silly.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a that's a slippery slope. When you get in when you get into this whole pornography and nudity argument, some things are cut and dry, like hate speech, you know, that's that's relatively cut and dry, or you, you know, things like that. You know that I can I can understand that because you're gonna you're gonna offend giant swaths of humanity if you if you're allowed to p- publish that stuff. But then you go to the nudity piece of it, like you mentioned, Andy, and putting you know blurring out a nipple. You know, I think Stephen Colbert on on his show did did a really good spoof on that because he he actually had <laughs> he was showing what was acceptable on networks on network television, and he had. A circle, you know, two circles with two smaller circles in them, that was illegal to show because it looked like breasts. But then he put a smiley face underneath it, uh, just one little curved line, and now it's legal. (laughs) It's like, you know, you
2: can't. What about something like what what, um, Yahoo has? Mm -hmm. Uh, let's just say YouTube, YouTube has a, Hey, I've, I've got an account. I have to sign in and, and say that I'm of certain age and I approve of seeing certain types of content. Mm -hmm. There we go. And the Facebook right now, is just, it's, it's, it's across the board, no matter your age, we're we're not going to present certain amount of material. And, um, you know, I don't know. It just makes me a little uncomfortable and keep in mind, Facebook being a U.S. based organization we tend to be more Puritanistic in our beliefs, um, especially when it comes to nudity. Yeah. So we're kind of imposing that on a lot of other cultures, which is, you know, some cultures consider us fairly liber- liberated.
1: Yeah, liberated or <clears throat> hypocritical, you know, <laughs> you wanna yeah. look at it yeah because we have we have Facebook where you can't show a nipple, but then we have these gigantic monolithic porn sites all over the place that are also american based that require no kind of authentication to get into you know your your nine year old daughter could go in there and see some stuff that will scar her for life tonight right and there's no <laughs> kind of safeguards, but Facebook they have to blur out a nipple, you know. I call that hypocrisy. A hundred percent hypocrisy.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd rather just see some sort of uh, like. I set up an account and I agree to see stuff, or I don't agree to see stuff. And then when people post stuff, you have to declare whether it's you know passes that or not. Period. Yeah, just yeah, make it easy. Shiv,
1: Shiv, what do you think? I, do you, I think we should we should inject everyone with RFID chips mm-hmm. that have our age in them that then allow us to see certain websites <laughs> when we are at a computer. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> that would work, right?
0: Well, yeah, sure, that would work. But I, I think, <laughs> I think what, what Facebook, unfortunately, is, I mean, they've, they've taken it to a level which is totally unnecessary. I mean, when you talk about, I want to have a website that is clean, what does clean mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, pornography or child pornography, I, I totally agree that if, you know, you eliminate that type of stuff, you're clean. But are you going to take art and call it nudity and thereby eliminate it? Uh, I mean, what if, what if you were to take a picture and you go to the Louvre and you, you take some, you know, the masters who've created phenomenal images no, no, the Louvre is full of porn man. right it's nice. <laughs> so 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 that's out of the question, right? I mean, anything from from any of the artists is out of the question, yeah, and right. you know this is a story that has so much meaning and so much power i mean and 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 to treat it like, oh yeah, get rid of it, yeah, but really think about it, who are the people designated as the gatekeepers? Yeah. You know, wh- yeah, the
1: scary that's the scary thing and then you the, what you say is 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 per- particularly apropos considering the political climate that mm-hmm. we're in right now in the United States because Facebook wields a gigantic amount of power right, and right. they control what you see in a lot of instances. Mm-hmm. They really control what you see yeah. and they can form your opinion so they can make you they can make Donald Trump look great or make him look bad mm-hmm. or make yeah. Hillary Clinton look great or make her look bad, depending on what Facebook wants to display right. in your right. feed. Is that – I mean, is that cool? I mean, that, that kind of circumvents – everything no, when you have a couple cool of people in silicon valley mm-hmm. saying you know what i want the country to hate donald trump today so let's let's mm-hmm. let's let these stories through and, yeah, and hold these yeah, other yeah, ones yeah, back yeah. and that's you, you, know, you know that's what's happening right now
2: And that's you know i don't like that kind of proactive someone controlling what they what, what gets filtered to me type of photo. yeah whether it's a nude photograph or a political bias i don't really care just let me decide
1: right yeah, I mean, but, you know, people, people will, will complain that, or will say, and I wouldn't call it a complaint, they'll say that, quote, mainstream media is already doing that, and Facebook mm-hmm. is just doing that on top of what mainstream media is doing. They're already, the Rachel Maddows and the Don Lemons and, you know, and Fox News, they're already controlling the narrative, and Facebook is just doing the same
0: thing digitally. So is that, yeah, is but, that I mean... But I think the, the issue with this was more the editorial power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's it's the editorial power that says I can do what I want, and thereby I'm going to take it off. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it was it was just a little beyond normal comprehension that you would treat an image like that uh, in the same vein as child pornography. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. this, it's ridiculous. And I think yeah. that's the real issue that uh, you know people got all up in arms about, and and the fact is that. It is a story that has reason to be and for people to see, to understand what all this is really going to do in our society. Why eliminate it?
1: Yeah, well, in, in Facebook's defense, uh, let me bring up the notes here. Yeah, in their defense, they have responded to the backlash and reversed their decision to pull that down. So, which, which I mean, is great. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you still have that power to reverse your decision to pull, to pull it down. It's that,
0: it's that editorial power. It's that ultimate, yeah. you know, I mean, I control. I mean, you know, yeah. you, one point how many billion people on Facebook? You control them. See, that is power. Yeah, That's, I think, really where the problem is. You remember when people just had just found out
1: that, that Facebook was controlling what shows up in their news feed mm-hmm. and that, you know, who cares how many friends you have? You're not necessarily seeing all of their posts. You're no. seeing only the posts that Facebook wants you to see unless those people have paid to boost or promote their posts so that you could possibly – increasing the chances mm-hmm. that you would see it in your news feed. That's that another piece of it that's crazy and scary that, you know, I can have – you know, my – fan. I can have, you know – 50 members of my family that are friends of mine, and I'm only seeing posts that a certain percentage right. of them post because someone in Silicon Valley or an algorithm decided that you don't need to see your Uncle Jerry's stuff. You know, <laughs> you need to see your dad's stuff today. I mean, what is that about? <laughs> you
0: know? But that's, that's part of their monetization, you know, and that's, that's really what they're trying to do. Right. Uh, yeah.
1: But you can't monetize under the appearance of, you know, being egalitarian, you know, you, <laughs> you got to monetize it and just let, you know, if I, get in, if I get in bed with you and we're doing this, let me know that this is what you're doing. Don't make me get in there under false pretenses. And I then, think, you know,
0: yeah, I think I'm going to send you to go talk to Mr. Zuckerberg
1: yeah hey he's he's literally a 30 minute drive from me i can go (laughs) well actually i'm sure his house is guarded and all this
0: knock on his door and say can we just talk
1: yeah yeah i'll fly a drone in there or something
0: oh that would be fun
1: for a minute and then i'd be like hey this is twib coming to you from cell block h (laughs) please excuse the bandwidth but we don't get much bandwidth here
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> All right guys,
1: we're gonna take another we're gonna take another quick break. When we come back I'm gonna let you guys share your picks of the week. This episode of TWiP is brought to you by Photomatix. Photomatix Pro is the industry-leading software for HDR photography, offering a wide range of effects from the most natural-looking to highly artistic and surreal, along with the best in alignment of handheld photos, advanced ghost removal, and much more. Are you new to HDR photography? Well, you should check out Photomatix Essentials. It's for those that are new to this technique. It's got a simplified workflow and built-in guidance for bracketing your images, and it still has the strength of Photomatix. And brand new to the Photomatix lineup is Photomatix OneShot. It's an extension for Apple Photos that adds Photomatix magic to single exposures. Download your free trial today. The trial does not expire and it just adds a Photomatix watermark to the final image. It's perfect for getting your feet wet and trying out the technique everyone has been talking about. HDRsoft.com has video tutorials and other resources to help you get started. Just head over to HDRsoft.com and click on download. That's hdrsoft.com and click on download. Photomatics Pro, it's the easiest way to create stunning HDR photos. All right, folks, we are back with the Pick of the Week segment. Remember, gentlemen, you can share anything to the TWIP Army as long as it's somehow related to photography. Andy Biggs, I'm going to let you go first since you haven't been on the show for running around the planet.
2: (laughs) You can just say this is alphabetical order. That's cool. The Wine Country Camera Filter System was announced uh, recently, and they started selling this week. And basically, it is a filter holder system where you can bring your own filters, like from SingRay or from Lee Filters. And they're a series of holders um, that basically simplify everything. And it's really cool. It's not cheap. I mean, like their first kit sells for 300 bucks, and it goes up. But you know what? I've made a sizable investment in Lee filters, probably fifteen hundred bucks worth of filters. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of thinking, okay, what's another three or four hundred bucks? But the reality is, it just makes life easy. It all snaps into place the way it, it, everything's held there. Uh, it eliminates uh, having to hold all your your filters naked and get them all scratched. It's a pretty cool little system.
1: Nice. It looks well made too. Look at that.
2: Wow. The power of good product photographs, too. Yes, yes,
1: yes. Photographies. Look at that. Wood grain. Look at that. Cool. So you have you have this
2: now? No, I'm a pre-order guy. I'm a pre-order guy. Okay. Ah. Ah. That is beautiful. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. What, what, Andy, what are all those gears and things?
2: It, uh, basically rotating polarizer.
0: Okay. All right. And, and it, it back up. yeah, that's it's kind of interesting.
2: So
1: these Rotating gears, like these gears right rotation. here, Shiv. Yeah.
0: yeah,
2: you really have to look at their video to truly understand what's going on. They mm. have um, they have a they have a, uh, a link on there. I think it's under the holder link at the top that has a video that really starts to explain how the system works. Uh, it's a little intricate. <laughs> it's a little intricate, but it's yeah. really cool. It's really cool. I mean, I'm a gadget geek.
0: No, that's, that's yeah. interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. I have, how come I
1: didn't know about this? This thing looks really, really cool. You need to have me on more. You, dude, stay, stay out of customs. You're probably always bouncing back into the <laughs> <port> through customs. <laughs>
2: mm. Totally different side topic. Guess how many premier qualifying miles I'm, I'm going to have this year on United. 190,000. Wait, so
1: that means you're basically flying for free everywhere you go?
2: Oh, right. it's just horrible.
1: In first class,
0: right? No. No, it basically wow. means he's never home. It's he's not never not, home. <laughs> not not
2: home enough, that's true.
1: You're what was that movie that, that Tom Hanks starred in? That
2: was yeah, uh, up in the air or whatever. Up in the air, yeah. yeah.
1: So you're that guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. That is crazy. Cool, man. So what what is that what's the price of this uh You know,
2: each filter holder is going to run you hundred bucks, and the whole filter system. You're going to be in about how much? About five or six hundred dollars by the time you've done done it.
1: And you you buy it once, right? And that's it. You know, it's not like it's a disposal thing. This is like a piece of good equipment that if you take care of it, you'll have it for most of your career.
2: It's a beast. I mean, it's it's not a small kit.
1: Yeah, I want it. I want Mm. it. You guys killing me. Speaking of things that I want, Shiv Verma, yes. you uh, you you got another piece of, you know of what, photographer. I, I, yeah,
0: I don't know how to do these like fifty dollar things that you want us to do, but uh, and, I, <laughs> and, and I don't know whether you did this one before, but no, I haven't. I wish I uh, had. Though I'll, I'll so. tell you, I mean, I just I just ordered this, and uh, oh. so I'm actually, you know, my pick of the week is something I can't for of change hold up in my hand and show you but this 12 millimeter lens, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's another Leica and from everything that I've seen and, you know, tested and worked with it, the image quality of this lens is to die for. Yeah. So it's, it's just exquisite. I mean, you know, from, you know, it's 12 millimeters, so on a, on a mirrorless, uh, you know, micro four thirds camera, it's 24 millimeters. But it's twenty-four millimeters of joy, absolute joy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's it's just and it's it's small. It's uh, beautifully built. I mean, you you can feel that Leica quality in this lens. So it's like it was yeah.
1: built. It looks like it was built from the same people that built that Noctocran, uh forty-five millimeter. Yeah,
0: lens. that's also called Leica. You know? The yeah. same, the same, same company. Yeah, yeah same yeah, company. The, yeah, yeah the the that and then the hundred four hundred, 400 all beautifully built lenses. But this 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 thing, it's true Sumilux quality. I mean being a Leica user for years and years and years, it just just takes the cake.
1: Wow. Look yeah. at this. And you ordered this. This is on the way. Huh? Yes,
0: it's on the way. It better better show up before I leave for Iceland.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had a chance to actually hold the pre-production model of that lens at the Out of Chicago conference. Earlier this year, and you're not going to be disappointed if you, no, if you I, haven't. I, I better not be. I mean, I, just, I, yeah. I, I mean, you're not. Yeah, for what? How much is this thing? Uh, Twelve hundred bucks. Thirteen
0: hundred. Let's just yeah, thirteen hundred. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a ninety-seven it's, it's, on there. But it's worth it. It's worth it. it is, you think yeah. about it. You know, a lens of this quality, if it was not a Lumix-like a lens, you'd be paying thirty-five hundred bucks for it. Mm-hmm. Easy, if yeah. not more. You know, so yeah, yeah, from a price point, it's perfect.
1: Yeah, I will have this precious. <laughs> I will.
0: It, it's 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 like a jewel. You know, it's like a real jewel. I mean, the glass is just gorgeous.
1: I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Cool. All right, yeah. That's a so this lens um, and the forty two point five f one seven lens mm-hmm. are are on my list of lenses that I want to acquire at some point between now and this time next year. So the
0: so 42.5, not the Nocticron. You want I have the, the Nocticron. You yeah. know what's funny?
1: I have the Nocticron, which is the more expensive one. I right. love that lens. I mean, it's like a, that's, that's like a, a Ferrari. You know, mm-hmm. you put that on and walk around like a peacock, you know? So it's, yeah. It is a beautiful lens. But the, 40, the 42.5, similar focal length, similar bokeh, but it's this big.
0: Yeah, it's tiny.
1: It's, it's tiny, tiny. Yeah. and I would use it more, and it has a closer closer focusing distance, mm-hmm. so you can do, you know, a lot more close-up yeah. work with it than you can with the Noctocron. The Noctocron is great, but it is a commitment, especially to travel overseas with. You know, it's yeah. like four—it's almost like four— you know, other mirrorless lenses.
0: Yeah, it's a heavy lens. It's a heavy. Yeah, lens. it
1: is. I feel like it's a studio lens. I'd put that Noctocron on there if I'm doing like a studio shoot, mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, I'm going to throw it on my GH4. I'm going to be that guy and start ordering assistants around and all that. <laughs> but but the, the 42.5, that's when I actually want to shoot. You know, yeah. I would go out and you know be out and about and, and travel light. So. And that's what I think the sumilux, this what this twelve millimeter is, it's is in that family, right? It's yeah. it's, smaller, but it's But it's it's
0: it's not a plasticky lens. No. You know, it's it's, it's it's a it's a very well built solid lens, I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're not yeah. you're not gonna unless you drop this in a volcano in Iceland, it's you're it's gonna be with you for a while. So uh,
0: it's gonna be with me for a very long time.
1: <laughs> Love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. All right guys, I'm gonna skip my pick of the week, Andy Biggs. And- oh really? <laughs> 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 We're gonna move on to the end of the show since we're running a little bit long anyway. So, Andy, what's coming up? Where? What? Where's the? Uh, where's the jet stream taking you next?
2: Oh, I'm going to Scotland next week. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and then I'll be in Botswana in November uh, for two trips, and then I'll be back in South Africa after Christmas. And then I've got a long break from January to April, and I'll be in India in April. Um, it's great. Why do
1: Why do you even own a house, man? Like, why <laughs> why, <laughs> why don't you just like you know get a plot of land and put a tent on it?
2: <laughs> Seriously, I need that. I need actually. I need that like a hole in my head. But next year, I'm slowing down. I used to run uh, every year, maybe eight to ten trips, and I've committed to four next year because I've started a new travel company. Oh, tell me, tell us about it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've actually teamed up with two other kind of heavy hitters. One in the travel industry, and uh, actually Larry Fitzgerald from the Arizona Cardinals is one of my business partners. And um, we are starting basically an experiential travel company for younger, a little more affluent travelers, not looking for the pension kind of uh, experience. People that are probably 25 to 45 or 50 years old looking for something different Mm -hmm. and not being force-fed what to do that everybody else does. So, I mean, is it a foodie trip? Is it a f- photo trip? Whatever. I'm, I'm I'm that's what I'm that's my future. So, I'm kind of not leaving the photography world, but I'm going to less I'm going to depend on it less from an income standpoint. I love that. See? So, Again,
1: my
0: north star, see? <laughs> so it's more, so it's more like custom like custom tours, custom trips. They pick what they want to do and you deliver.
2: Exactly. Anything unique. I Mm. I put a trip together uh, a few days ago for somebody to go photograph western Egypt, a place called Siwa, S-I-W-A. It's an extreme western Egypt. It's basically a huge, um, it's it's not a mirage, but it's a beautiful place with a lot of water in the middle of the desert along the border with Libya. Mm. And uh, just things like that. Anyway, so yeah, it's fun. Awesome. That's cool, man. Awesome. Yeah, you're 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 having
1: too much fun. I can tell. Like, like just looking at you, you look, you know, you look like you're having fun. Period. You, well, do, I mean, not, he, you do not have that end of quarter look that people <laughs> our age is supposed to have right now. <laughs> no, well, ADHD people don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably had it a minute ago, but they forgot. Right? There's <laughs> something yes. else. I love it. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show again, and in, uh, in the middle of all the relocation and travel and all that, I appreciate it. All right, Shiv Verma, man. What is uh, what's going on with you? I know you uh, have lots of lots of travel coming up aside from this. What is it? You're you're heading to Iceland Friday? Friday twelve to millimeter.
0: Iceland. Yes, and then from there, I spend a few. Few days in frankfurt and then come back and then uh, it's uh, yellowstone and <laughs> yes and then uh, then we do a short workshop in cape cod and then there's of course i don't know fred are you going to be there at the photo plus expo i will be at photo plus expo, okay yes. so that's uh, that's the next sort of event event kind of thing and then uh, we do Myanmar. In October, November, sorry. November is Myanmar, come back, and then Patagonia in December, and that finishes 2016. So let me ask both of you a question before we
1: end the show here. Do you ever unpack... Like, do you is it is it exercise in futility to unpack your bags or do you just change the underwear out like what, like how does that work
0: <laughs> no no you you got, I, I have to unpack because the climate's so different in each of these places I mean you're going from hot to cold cold to hot so yeah I've got a, I got to I got oh, to I keep the same laundry. underwear I keep the same underwear
1: Ugh. oh god <laughs> <laughs> Please, but you wash them though right? yes
0: yes okay. yes
1: Yes Andy, what about you man do you do you unpack or do you just have like clothes that you take with you on every trip, and you just wash it, throw it back in the bag
2: yeah, that? actually, I have a dedicated drawer for the stuff I take in a on an African safari in those other places, yeah, and I have a duffel bag that already has all the chargers, all the I'm a nerd that, dude
1: that no that's not that's not being a nerd that's being mm-hmm. smart, which I guess is the definition of a nerd but but it, when you look at, when, when I think about when I travel, the most stressful parts of any trip that I go on is the night before and the anxiety around forgetting something or bringing the wrong lenses or forgetting a charger or batteries or something.
2: Build a list and with all your stuff. And then checklist it. Yeah. This yeah. is the stuff I want on just this trip. And you just mark those things and you go, you know, go get them.
0: Yes. See yeah. Frederick, you learned a lesson when you went to France, right? Yes. I don't think you'll make that mistake again.
1: I will not make that mistake again. And just thanks for bringing that up, Shiv. <laughs> that's when what did I lost my all the all basically the chargers and everything because yeah. stupid me packed them and then of course at Heathrow they magically disappeared. So yeah, thank you, London. I appreciate that. That's that's why you got that Brexit stuff because of that, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Thank you both for coming on. It's been a fantastic show. You can tell these shows are great when they go longer than they should because we just click and start talking about these great topics. But we're at the end of another episode of This Week in Photo. TWIP listeners, you know where to go to subscribe to everything we have going on. It's all at the nexus of This Week in Photo.com. And with that, it is time to take that lens cap off.
0: Weekend Photo is a pixelcore.tv production, produced by Suzanne Llewellyn, with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.